What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are now listening to The Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. Week three of the NFL football season is here, and despite many people's uh, frustrations and maybe their gripes with the Eagles to this point, they are one of nine teams currently 2-0 in the league, set to take on another NFC undefeated team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on monday night what's going on y'all welcome to another episode of the philly pod brought to you by the liberty line.com i'm your host as always victor williams be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the philly pod instagram twitter slash x whatever it is these days threads if you're hanging out over there be sure to follow me over there if you're new to the show appreciate you guys for checking it out be sure to subscribe on apple itunes spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows Leave those reviews, rate five stars, do the whole bit. Help us gain exposure throughout the NFL season so that we can continue to inform Eagles fans, NFL fans, football fans alike. Thank you guys very much for that. Usually joined, as you guys know, the beloved Stephen Conrad Jr. He is currently on a plane right now with other Liberty Line guys to uh, Tampa. They are going to go down to the the, uh, Tampa Bay game with fans of Philly. Got a sweet hookup through them. Um, so they're down there. I sat out of this one, let some other guys go. I will be on the uh, Kansas City trip. Some people were asking me why I'm not going to Tampa. I've been to Tampa before. I know what the deal is. I'll let some of the other younger guys go. Go do that, and I'll happily go to Arrowhead in November. So joining me for this Eagles vs. Bucks preview, I'm sure you've seen him on Twitter to this point. He kind of blew up a little bit during the uh, draft season, much of a uh, hypothetical nerd like myself. He is Anthony DeBona of Outside the Birds. You've seen him uh, on Twitter. You've seen him with his draft content and his football coverage all around. So he is happy to join here and break down some of the uh, what, what the Eagles are going through as well as key matchups with the Bucks and what to look for uh, as far as that goes. Anthony, happy for you to uh, hop on and join. I saw that you were looking to dip into the uh, into the pod world. So I figured why not uh give you a shot here to see if you actually enjoy it because some people you know buy the equipment do the whole bit 
record a couple episodes and they say, ah, this isn't really for me. So I figured what better platform than to come up here, give some thoughts, and then we'll see if you like it or not. What's going on, man? <laughs> well, what's going on? I, uh, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. I mean, I've got some big shoes to fill today, but I'll try my, I'll <laughs> try my not best. not big shoes, not I'll, big I'll, shoes. <laughs> hey, he's funny, he's entertaining, he's good, good, good insight. So uh, I'm going to oh, do my best here and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he'll be he'll be happy to hear that. I'm sure. Don't 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 give him a big head. He'll come up here next week and be like, "I told y'all the people the people love me." Um, but but before we uh, get into everything, go ahead and give the people kind of a breakdown of who you are, what you do, how you kind of got into covering the birds. Why should the people care about your opinion? <laughs> so uh, my name is Anthony Debona. Uh, like I said, I, I run uh, OutsideTheBirds.com. It's kind of just my own little blog that I've been um, created over the last year or so. Like, as you mentioned, I'm kind of a hypothetical nerd. I focus on the weird things that nobody else might catch, like an Eagle Scout in the background of a pro day or whatever it might be. But I try and give that info to other people that might feel the same way about me. Um, I've been an Eagles fan my entire life, raised and still live in New York, but surrounded by a bunch of Giants fans. So I'm just trying to uh, share my passion for the team over the years. I've written for a number of sites, uh, Eagles Wire, while Teron Davenport was there and now, most recently, I was with Pro Football Network, but took a little bit of a break from them. So now I'm just, I might be stepping into the podcast world. Who knows? But I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm just uh, ready to talk about this matchup. Yeah, if you guys enjoy Anthony, or if you don't, let me know either way. And then he'll, take, <laughs> he'll take the feedback and then move uh, move accordingly. I do remember, now, now that I'm thinking during the draft season, I know we connected, I guess, briefly during the summer between Jalen Carter news when we kind of got some intel yes. on, on his workouts and he coming to Philadelphia. Not a lot of people believed it, but you seem to, so I'll give you props, props for that. Hey. Guys like us, you know, don't get a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt when we, I guess, break news. I try to stray away from breaking news. Um, but uh, but uh, you believed it, so so I good know. on you. I think that was that, and uh, it was Jalen Carter and Brian Breesey, right? I believe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And right. then I had uh, Keely Ringo, and nobody believed me either. So yeah, I guess we yeah, each yeah. we each had one. So it, it is what it one, is. One, one, a win for the small guys. So. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't try to get out here and beat up the tough guys. We just provide what we know. It's your choice to believe it or not. And hey, here we are. So good on us for that. So Anthony, Monday nights, 2 and 0 versus 2 and 0, the resurgence of Baker Mayfield versus the Eagles trying to build upon their 2 and 0 lead, trying to get their offense back on track with new coordinator Sean Desai as well as Brian Johnson. The Bucks have won their last four matchups against the Eagles. The Eagles' last win against the Bucks came in 2013. Jalen Hurts currently 0 and 2 versus the Bucks in his career. Anthony, essentially, this is kind of a battle of uh, Oklahoma quarterbacks. Mayfield playing for the Sooners uh, from 15 to 17, where he won a Heisman Trophy. Jalen Hurts finished second in Heisman voting in his senior year in Oklahoma. So for those of you that care about little things like that, there's your there's your headline. Uh, we'll start here with the Tampa offense versus the, Phil- uh, the Philadelphia defense. The Eagles have a top rushing defense, but are second to last in defending the pass, allowing 326 yards per game, 5.9 yards per play. Not encouraging in the uh, in the beginning of the Sean Desai era, uh, Anthony Jalen Carter as is the uh, the PFF's top graded rookie for the first two weeks. He's tied for third most pressures uh, behind Aiden Hutchinson and Cameron Jordan, while only playing I believe less than I forget the percentage, but I believe he's only played 68 snaps to this point. So to have your name in that company while only playing I believe less than 50 percent of the snaps. Nothing to scoff at. He's currently leading. I'm sure I have to I have to check the odds makers, but I'm sure he's leading that defensive player of the year march 
as of right now. Uh, so I guess we'll start with the with the rushing defense before we talk about the weapons that Baker has. He's throwing to. It's only Richard White back there, I believe. I'm not sure what the other backs are, but he's not the most efficient runner in the world. And the Eagles have been fairly good about locking down uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Granted, Alexander Madison again isn't the most dynamic runner out, but he is. They are limiting these guys and forcing players to pass. The only issue is that. Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins have combined for over 700 passing yards. So while while they are forcing teams to pass on them, they're not doing a very good job of containing that. Um, from from a rushing perspective, what do the Eagles have to do to kind of contain the uh, whatever rushing attack Tampa Bay does have? Is there anything that we should be concerned about as far as a running perspective goes from Tampa Bay? I think this might be the week that you start to see Sean Tucker a little bit more. He mm. was uh, undrafted out of Syracuse and. Uh, He's kind of he had a little bit of buzz coming out of training camp in preseason. Hasn't really done much at all since in the first two weeks. But considering, like you said, Richard White is not the most efficient runner. He's had I think 17 carries in each of their first two games, but hasn't really done too much with it. So we'll see if uh, Sean Tucker gets a little bit more of a shot. But like you said, the Eagles have just been kind of bottling up the run with Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, all those guys up front. Even the edges have been have been really solid in terms of holding the edges and keeping contained. But now one thing that Baker Mayfield kind of presents that Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones didn't present is he can move a little bit. He can get out on the run and he can, he, everybody saw that. I'm sure they have uh, seen that mic'd up clip where he was telling the guy to get his weight up when he yep. got tackled out of bounds. Yep. So some people appreciate Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's trash talk. Others don't, but either way, I think, um, you could see Tampa Bay use his legs a little bit, get him outside of the pocket. I'm not saying he's going to have 20 carries, but he's going to make things a little bit more difficult than the previous two quarterbacks have on the run. And um, we obviously have some issues in the slot that we have to address. So we'll see what the Eagles do in that regard as well. Yeah, I doubt we're going to see any designed runs from Baker Mayfield, but he no. can scramble. He can run for a little bit. He can he can put a shoulder down. Whatever happens after that is is on the defender. Um, but yeah, Baker does present kind of a, a a different dynamic than the first two quarterbacks. Kirk and Mac are kind of pocket guys. They can get the ball out quickly. Baker is a guy that kind of lets things develop a little bit more. He can use his athleticism to escape pockets to try to make things happen when plays break down. Uh, but the Eagles' defense is fairly good about containing the run, so I'm not too concerned with Rashad White and I guess Sean Tucker. I guess if I hear his name on Sunday or Monday night, I won't be all that surprised because you mentioned him here. So if he scores a touchdown, hey, I'll be fault. like, hey, hey, Anthony, Anthony knew, Anthony <laughs> knew. Um, as far as the, as the pass catchers go, Mike Evans, still as good as ever, didn't reach an agreement on a new contract, so it seems like he's on a warpath now to prove to Tampa or whoever he will potentially play with that he is still worth the money he is asking for. Last week against Chicago, he went for 171 yards and a touchdown on six receptions. He's seen a team-high 18 targets from Baker Mayfield so far this season, averaging 19.8 yards per catch. Anthony, you mentioned the slot. We don't really know what's going on there. McPherson was lost. The backup to Maddox, and now Maddox is gone due to a torn pectoral likely out for the season. The top option right now, I believe, is Mario Goodrich. Maybe they'll use a combination of Bradbury, who shared reps we mentioned on the previous pod, who shared some time there this summer. Maybe it's Justin Evans. Maybe they throw Sydney in there. We don't know what – I feel like it's going to be a committee approach uh, by the slot. They did work out William Jackson. Haven't signed him yet, even though he's not a prototypical fit for the slot. We mentioned that also on the last podcast so anthony is this like a, a chris godwin get right game for tampa bay because without without really knowing i, I don't know how the game plan for the slot because they don't really know who they're going to put in there but i assume whoever they do minus maybe james bradbury they assume chris godwin is going to have his way 
Uh, what is <laughs> what do you project Tampa Bay's uh, approach is going to be to kind of dissect the Eagles' defense, similarly to how Kirk and Mac Jones have done to this point in the season? I mean, it's tough because the Eagles have been torched by tight ends this entire year, which mm-hmm. hasn't usually been the case. Oh, it's Kate out in time, huh? Kate so, out. Yeah, and, and if you look at his numbers, he's actually played uh, 37% of his snaps in the slot. So now you're putting what could be Eagle, the Philadelphia's uh, biggest weakness this week, and now you're putting their biggest problem this entire these first two weeks in the tight end, putting him in the slot. Kate Otten's big. He's pretty athletic. I think he's going to give them trouble. And then besides Kate Otten... Chris Godwin leads the team with 39 snaps in the slot. But they also throw Mike Evans in there. But all three of those guys are a bit bigger. They're not, they're not the shifty. Those days are over. People are panicking, saying that the Eagles need this small, shifty cornerback in the slot. You don't see the little Wes Welkers and Julian Edelmans every week like you used to. Now it's people, are, teams are putting tight ends. They're putting bigger receivers there. So I think we've seen reports that James Bradbury might be there. And he was, I believe, the, the last two portions, I think Josh Talentino of the Philly Inquirer said that the last two portions of the most recent practice, he was working with a nickel coach. Mm. It was just him and Mario Goodrich. So oh, we man. could see James Bradbury there, but then that also puts Josh Job on the outside, who had an up and down week So in week two. So I guess we'll see. I think it's going to be like a trial by error. They're going to throw a couple different bodies in there and just kind of see what works. Maybe we'll see some some Sidney Brown. He's he played a, a few, I think, seven hundred plus snaps in the slot during his college career. Mm-hmm. Actually, more snaps in the slot than he did at free safety. Right. So we could finally see him see the field, but I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I'll take James Bradbury in the slot over whatever it was Mario Goodrich was trying to do yeah. last week, allowing six yeah. catches on six receptions and touchdown. It was it was a rough go for Goodrich. It was his first like action, I guess, in in his career as far as like extensive. NFL snaps go, but it was it was a tough go. I believe uh, Deshaun Desai is probably looking at that like maybe we should uh, mix it up. So probably a committee approach as there. Uh, your confidence level in Slay versus versus Mike Evans. Um, Slay has hasn't really shown any signs of of slowing down. He did get beat a few times by Justin Jefferson, uh, but who doesn't? He was right on him. I don't think the yards. I don't think the box score tells the whole story there. I think Darius Slay had a very good game against Justin Jefferson. It's just that he's Jettas. What are you going to do? Uh, how do you feel about the matchup as far as uh, Slay versus Mike Evans go? Evans is on a tear. I think Slay can kind of keep up with him, but Evans is, is on another level right now. I think, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident in Slay against Evans. I feel like at this point, although we did see him showcases that he still got that speed and that recovery and break up. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, right? Yeah, so um, we'll see. we'll see what happens, but I'm pretty confident if Slay is on Evans, but my issue is if they keep Bradbury in the slot mm-hmm. and if they try and get Evans away from Slay and he's matched up on Job, we'll see what happens because Job is he's he's competitive, he's physical, but I think we could see Evans is, a, is still got speed for his size, so he could get the best of Job, and, and that's where I, where my concerns would be. But if it's Slay versus Evans, I feel like that should be a pretty back and forth matchup. They'll each get their own, but it should be uh, Slay should be able to hold his own. Yeah, that was my fear in the Minnesota game. Like, what happens if Jetta's and, like, gets switched off of Darius like, and then what happens there? Job already got beat by Jordan Addison, so <laughs> man, he's going to have to do what he can to try to limit uh, uh, these pass catchers. Uh, Anthony, both of these teams, as far as the Eagles and the Bucks go, uh, top of the league in turnover differential. Eagles at plus four, Tampa in plus five. Uh, Tampa has yet to turn the ball over this season. Mayfield leading uh, Mayfield's offense – Right now is getting 5.0 yards per play 
which is 23rd in the NFL, but he also leads the NFL in third down completion percentage. So he's taking care of the football. He's not making mistakes. Tampa Bay uh, hasn't turned the ball over yet uh, this season. What do the Eagles have to do to kind of generate pressure on Baker Mayfield? What are they going to do to attempt to get that first takeaway off the Bucks as far as the end of this NFL season is concerned? They're doing a good job of taking care of it. And that's that's the weird thing because you say pressure Mayfield, but he's actually been he has a better completion percentage when pressured mm-hmm. than he does overall. So he's already th- completing 69.1% of his passes overall. And then when he's under pressure, he's completing 71.4%. So it seems like he's just been really good this season. And it could just be that the Bucks' offensive coordinator, Dave Canellas, is doing his magic again. He was the quarterback coach for the Seahawks last year mm-hmm. when Geno Smith had his resurgence. So maybe he's just the new quarterback whisperer. But I think what the Eagles have to do is Mayfield's been really, really targeting the middle of the field. He's completed 20 of 26 passes there for 212 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And I know the Eagles have been absolutely torched in the middle of the field. So that's where hopefully the return of Reed Blankenship will help a bit there. But it's still a little scary because it seems like Baker Mayfield's strengths are exactly what the Eagles' weaknesses are right now. So, I mean, my plan would be kind of to clog up the middle of the field. Hopefully the Eagles' interior rush can, can bother him, get him to go on the outside, which would then force him to throw on the outside where he hasn't been as good as he has been down the middle of the field. So, I mean, it sounds like it's easier than it, than it will be, but that that could be their key to success. Yeah, they're going to have to. I think it's a good thing when you have Jordan Davis, who's seemingly stepping into his own as a pass rusher this year, already one and a half sacks. Uh, it's hard for defensive tackles to, to generate the pressure that Jordan Davis, as well as Jalen Carter, is doing. We already touched on Carter uh, early yet he's generated the most pressures in the league so far as far as defensive tackles go all the other guys who are generating pressure are coming off the edge uh so with the, with Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis what has been your most I want your thoughts on kind of their development because we've said on this show that they're developing much faster than than, than either of us have anticipated uh what do you make of Jordan Davis I didn't think he would kind of develop into a pass rush until maybe year three going into year four he's showing signs of that already this season he he crushed Kirk Cousins on a on a pass rush last week. What do you make of the the projection so far of these two guys, especially Jordan Davis, who is seemingly stepping in, taking that monumental leap that the coaches were hoping from him going into twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean, the Jalen Carter. I'm, I'm, I don't think many people are surprised. I'm just one thing I am excited about is that he's getting the snaps. Like we saw Jordan Davis. I know he's a different build, a different kind of a position, but Jordan Davis really didn't play that many snaps to start. But Jalen Carter has basically been a starter at, at this point. But the development of Jordan Davis has been unbelievable. And I, I kind of want to believe that the presence of Jalen Carter there and, and maybe showing him, even though he's younger, showing him a little things here and there. Because the things that Jordan Davis has been doing this season with, with the swing move, the push and pull, just mm-hmm. going through people, it's he's shown more as a pass rusher in two games than he did all of last season. So it's just it's really promising to see his development. And it's exciting because, who knows, the guy is... There was a clip of... Um, Jason Kelsey, I'm not sure if, if you saw it, but they had him mic'd up for week two, and he had to block Jordan Davis during uh, during warmups, and he was like, "Damn, that's a big boy!" Like he was just like shaking his head <laughs> like in awe. So you've got to imagine what what other centers and guards have to think when they're going against this defensive line, and Jordan Davis's ascension is unbelievable, and it, he could be well on his way to being one of the best uh, nose tackles or defensive tackles in the NFL. Yeah, a guy a lot of people had compared him to coming out of the draft was Vita Vea, who's going to be on the other side of that defensive line when the Eagles go on offense. Uh, as far as the Eagles' offense is concerned, trying to move on Tampa's defense, Tampa Bay's defense is second in rushing yards per game allowed and sixth 
in yards per rush, only giving up 3.3. The Eagles are coming off a game where they ran for 259 yards in week two. So it's kind of going to be a, like an iron sharpens iron deal as far as that. But the Eagles have yet to go up against a guy like Vita Vea, who's 350 pounds of just solid, like, man, pretty much. <laughs> just you have, to, you have to run right into the gut. Kenneth Gainwell was a limited participant in practice yesterday. So, so we assume he'll be back coming off 10, 11-day rest. Uh, the Eagles have said that for, for whatever reason, I don't know if they're trying to be cute, competitive advantage like Sirianni likes to do. But even after what Swift did last week, they're saying, ah, oh, we don't have a running back one. We're going to go with the hot hand. If it's Gainwell, it's Gainwell. If it's Swift, it's Swift. If it's Penny, it's Penny. It'll never be Penny after what we saw last week. <laughs> and if it's Boston Scott, it's Boston Scott who had eight yards per carry uh, uh, in week two. So what do you make of, of Philadelphia's rushing attack? Is is, is Swift going to be like the bell cow? I don't know the last time. Steven and I were joking about I we were we were throwing parties about Miles Sanders getting 20 carries and Swift at 28 28 that is unheard of in Philadelphia's offense dating back to even when Deuce was here that wasn't happening so what do we make of Philadelphia's rushing offense are they going to have the same success against Tampa Bay or are they going to have to take a different approach this week I mean I think you still got to do it because Jalen Hurts has not broke the don't same. fix it right? exactly yeah. so even though I think it might be broke this week though it might be broke yeah. this week so we'll see but um I don't think we'll see Kenneth Gainwell as, as the lead guy. I think Swift's won that job. But to your point, that, that job, that, that lead job per se, is is usually like 15 to 20 carries in Philly under mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni. So I think that's what we'll see Under for anybody. Swift. Don't yeah, matter who the coach is. That's true. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we'll still see Swift probably get 15 to 20 yards. I just don't want them to abandon the run if things don't work the first or second drive. They should still try and, and do what they can. But at the same time, I'm sure we'll get into it, but Tampa Bay's Defense does have some weaknesses, especially at outside corner. Mm. The only thing they need to do is just avoid the slot because uh, undrafted rookie Christian Isian, or I think he might have been a sixth-round pick from mm. Rutgers, who the Eagles showed actually a lot of interest in, he's been locked down. So whoever's in the slot is probably shouldn't be targeted by Jalen Hurts, but those outside corners could definitely be taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about the about the uh, corners. Um, just at, when you speak on the running game, uh, I think a product of that is, like, we, we of course, give – you know, uh, the Eagles, their flowers for being able to run the ball. Like if it's, if, if we're going to be able to get six, seven yards per carry, why stop it? But a product of that is because Hertz hasn't looked the same for, for two weeks. It's been, it's been talked about ad nauseum to this point, but Hertz completing just 71.4% of his passes this season, which isn't bad by any means, but for only 363 yards, two touchdowns and an interception sacked seven times already on the year. He's getting sacked on 11.1% of his passes uh, of his dropbacks, rather, which is seventh highest in the NFL. This isn't good, especially when you go against Todd Bowles, who's known for his blitzes. The Buccaneers have blitzed opposing quarterbacks on 37.8% of dropbacks. That is sixth highest. So Jalen Hurts is not going to uh, – he's going to see his fair share of blitzes, and that isn't going to stop anytime soon. Teams are certainly playing him differently, and he's going to have to adjust. The running game worked last week because the Vikings couldn't stop it. The Bucks are much more equipped to stop the run. What are the Eagles going to do if the running game isn't as nearly effective? And it's going to be up to the passing offense to try and make things happen. Uh, as far as the secondary is concerned, Anthony, uh, what worries are there? There are the Eagles have a benef- Do the Eagles have a beneficial matchup as far as throwing the ball? Is this the I already mentioned the get right week for uh, for Chris Gladman? Is this the get right week for Jalen Hurts and the passing offense? If they if they can keep him upright and keep keep the pocket clean, I think it definitely could be because. Uh... I think Carlton Davis missed last week, but um, in week one, he was torched. He allowed eight catches on 12 targets for 132 yards, Damn. 60 of those yards after the catch. 
Um, Jamel Dean has played both weeks, but he's also not been the best. He's allowed eight catches on 11 targets for 136 yards and a touchdown. Levante David has been getting cooked. He's allowed 13 catches on 15 targets for, I mean, just 92 yards, but you could take advantage of him. But like I said, Christian Izian in the slot is, he's been unbelievable. He has, he's allowed only five catches on six targets mm. for just 26 yards at one touchdown. And he's had an interception in each game so far. So he's been off to a great start. But so if the, if the Eagles can keep Jalen Hurts upright, I know the tackles have struggled, but it's, it's a tough matchup because the, the Bucks already have nine sacks and they've got 19 pressures in their first two games. And Jalen Hurts' completion percentage this year, one under pressure. He's actually been pretty good against the Blitz, mm-hmm. but when he's just under pressure, so I guess when they get there with just four, he's only completed 41.2% of his passes. Mm. So it's just they're going to have to keep him clean. I think the quick game to the outside is where it's going to have to be. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are quick in breaking routes. We'll see if Quez Watkins plays. If not, we might see a, a Lamade Zacchaeus or, or maybe even some Britton Covey snaps. Get some Covey. I said that on the last <laughs> pod. Covey, they, 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 they think they're calling him up just to be punt returner. Nah, man. Quez banged up. Zacchaeus not getting many snaps. It's about to be Covey. You mentioned Welker and Julian Edelman. Britton Covey about to, about to revitalize that small white guy slot position. He's about to bring <laughs> it some life. He's about to bring it some life. <laughs> yes. No, go ahead. I'll say maybe we get that. Maybe we get that. Go ahead. Continue with it with your point. Nobody else has shown anything on the slot, so you might as well throw them out there and just see mm-hmm. what what happens. But yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be tough because, like you said, it's just basically what the Bucks do good is exactly what the Eagles struggle at on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's just this is gonna be a tougher matchup than people are anticipating. So I'm just excited to see how it all breaks down. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I think I think I think I see some people like oh, Baker's kind of Baker's kind of got his life together, and that defense is nothing to scoff at. Uh, to your point about Jalen Hurts against the Blitz, he is uh, for people that put stock into PFF. Anthony, I don't know where you stand as far as the grades and the metrics they provide, but Hurts is the second highest has the second highest grade among quarterbacks facing the Blitz, only behind Tua. Uh, so he he does all right when facing the uh, when facing the Blitz. I do want your your thoughts on, I guess, hot reads are a big thing amongst the community and amongst the people that break down film. The Eagles don't do a lot of it. Uh, when the when the blitz is coming, it's up to Hertz to kind of make something happen, make a decision. Not a lot of hot reads, not a lot of adjustments. What can the Eagles do to kind of make Jalen Hurts' life easier against defenses that are adjusting to to, to his skill set? Um, hope they have the same success that they had in Week 2 with the run. But, but besides that, it's just you have. Well, when they take away the run, what are they doing? What exactly. do they need to do? Rather, I mean, like I said, that quick game has to be key. They can't be keep relying on these long developing routes where you've got guys going 20, 30 yards down the field. Because mm-hmm. then we've seen Hertz drop his eyes. He runs towards the sideline. Doesn't even doesn't even really run that much anymore. He just drops down so he doesn't take the hit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we can't we can't. Well, we might see more twelve, maybe even thirteen personnel. Maybe Albert O gets uh, activated for the first time, oh, and we man. see him. Because that could that could be the key. If you use two receivers, you have an extra tight end. That not only will help slow down Tampa Bay's pass rush, but could open up the short game as well. Grant Calcaterra, obviously Dallas Goddard needs to get going. Jack Stoll, and then you got Albert O, who definitely has way more 
receiving ability than the other two beside, behind Dallas Goddard. So I'd like to see him activated and maybe have a role, but that could be their key. Just get a little bit bigger against Tampa Bay and, and, and try to out, outmatch them that way. Yeah, spe- speaking of uh, the, the short pass game and the tight ends, uh, what is the deal with Dallas Goddard? Like, I doubt Goddard had envisioned himself having just 22 yards through two games. We're not even seeing, like, the screens. They ran that screen to death last year, that, that bubble screen that he was just running behind blockers. They're not even getting that. Uh, what can the Eagles kind of do to try to get Dallas Goddard involved? This is a this is a top three, like, catching tight end in the league behind behind Mark Andrews and, and Kelsey. Obviously, you can make the argument for uh, – for, for Kittle, I guess, Waller showed last night that he's not the player he was anymore. <laughs> I used to have him in that in that group. But uh, as far as Goddard is concerned, what can the Eagles kind of do to, uh, to to get him back in the fold? He certainly said all summer long, I want that 1,000-yard season. This is not this is not the way to start. 1,000? <laughs> he's, he's on pace to not even reach 500. I don't know. We'll see. But, but yeah, they need to uh, – That like you said, that screen was a money, money play for them for years. That's been Dallas, Dallas Goddard's – money play for his basically his whole career and we feel like we haven't seen it at all last week the opening drive i think they threw a screen to i think it was aj brown but then they had Devonte smith and alameda zacchaeus blocking for him like that doesn't make any sense to me you have the smaller guys blocking need to get dallas goddard involved do the screen have the whole offensive line just plowing out in front of him and then we'll, we'll see him get involved but like i mentioned before levante david has been getting cooked this year in coverage so if they if Tampa Bay tries to match him up with Dallas Goddard, that should be an easy win for the Eagles that they could take advantage of. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he needs to be involved more, especially if Christian Izian is is, block, is locking down the slot. We could see Goddard put outside on one of those corners as well and take advantage of that matchup. They just have to be more more creative with how they're using him. They've just been been kind of just having him block and and run routes that he doesn't usually have success at. It's it's confusing. Yeah, he's certainly been open a few times too. That's been highlighted. Hurst just hasn't hasn't seen him, so definitely some miscommunication there. Uh, last episode, I kind of did like a mailbag thing, asking the fans uh, what kind of their reservations are about the Eagles. You know, just two weeks into the season, what are your what are your biggest concerns? So I'll ask you. As far as you know, Brian Johnson got a lot of it. Uh, injuries were were a lot of the answers. The Eagles released an extensive injury report yesterday. They're dealing with stuff all over the place. Um, from your perspective, from the first two weeks, obviously, um, offensive shortcomings is a thing. There's still some things they have to work out on defense. Brian Johnson still getting a feel for life as a as an NFL offensive coordinator. What is your What do you see are the biggest differences between the 2023 Eagles and the 2022 Eagles? Because I'm trying to hammer home that you can't compare the two. You're going to disappoint yourself if you're like, they're not looking like they are last year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a different team, different personnel, different guys. Uh, you know, different positions and different coachings, you know, different different assistants and staff members and, and all that stuff. What do you kind of see as the biggest difference and what can the Eagles kind of try and do to, to get back to where they were at a high level last season? Yeah, I'm not as worried about the coaching, the new, new coordinators at all, as, as much as other people are. But one thing that you can't, you can't deny is just the injuries. And that was one of my points talking this offseason was, the Eagles were incredibly lucky last year yeah, with injuries. No, we've all we've all talked about it. They're, they're not going to get that same luck, man. It doesn't happen. Exactly. And when the injuries that they did suffer were later in the season where they basically already had the number one seed locked up. So it's like now they're already starting. I think Benjamin Solak said going into week two that it was already more starters that they missed in one game mm-hmm. than all of last season. And I feel like it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. More guys are going to get hurt. I know it sucks to say, but but Lane Johnson, he's always he always misses at least one game. So mm-hmm. he's due to, due to have an injury at some point. And the offensive line has already struggled. So, I mean, as far, besides coaches, besides injuries, I'd say the most concerning thing to me is the play of the offensive line, mm-hmm. especially Good in pass point. protection, because 
these guys, it looked like night and day. They, I know they did better last week, but that week one was tough, and, and Tampa Bay's defense is just as good as New England. So I hope the offensive line starts going in the right direction, especially the offensive tackles, because coming into the season, we thought of that as a strength, and so far, both of them have almost been liabilities in pass protection. So they need to turn it around, and they need to turn around quickly because they've got some tough defenses coming up. Yeah, so I saw a PFF grade recently circling around about Maialata being top and whatever, and I was like, "What in the hell kind of stat yeah. is this?" Because the eye test, I'm seeing a lot of struggles in in that regard. Maialata kind of has to has to sharpen up. But this is this is what you get with PFF. You know, they kind of tell uh, uh, different stories there. But yeah, I think the offensive line definitely is isn't the uh, the strength that it was last season. But I think they'll they'll they'll, they'll come around. Um, we, like I said, Stephen and I have always talked about how the, how the injuries, man, you are blessed with the injury luck you had in 2022, which is why you kind of had to win that Super Bowl because you're already dealing uh, with, with this stuff this year. Similarly to how you said Lane Johnson, you're always expecting an injury. This Maddox injury isn't shocking to me. It just didn't expect it to happen in week three, but we knew it was coming. That's why McPherson was ready to go and then he got hurt. And it's just they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, in these spots I've mentioned as far as like free agent options Bryce Callahan is is somebody that's out there who knows what if his hamstrings are even connected at this point uh Chris Harris you know he's 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 up there in age um if you had to look kind of in an outside and I won't even limit this to just cornerback I guess anybody that can kind of come in and help this team because linebacker is still even though Zach Cunningham is, is, is showing us something these days um but N'Kobe Dean is still out he's on IR if you had to I guess pick one if you had to circle like one or two free agents out there that could potentially, I know if you're looking at free agents in September, it's not ideal. Uh, but if you could look at an outside guy or even a trade candidate, who's somebody that you would look into and be like, this guy could come in and, and help this team. But don't say Buda Baker because we've, we've, <laughs> we've, already, <laughs> we've already beat that dead horse, so, so don't say him. But uh, anybody else you think would, would interest the Eagles to come in and kind of be a Band-Aid for, for what's going on right now? I feel like... This has been a name that's another name that's been floated out there, especially among Eagles fans. But Jeremy Chin from the Panthers would make oh, a ton yeah? of sense. Is he on the block? Because, uh, I don't know, but the Panthers oh, are I was about looking to say. like people. People have mentioned it because just the Panthers aren't that great. And oh I my guess god, he's, he's only got a couple years left. But if he somehow becomes available, I feel like that should be a target for them. But oh my um, god. more realistic cornerstone. Oh my god, not yeah. a guy you let go. Of. <laughs> We've seen teams do crazy things though, and they get desperate, especially. They traded away their, their kind of their future for, for Bryce Young, so who never you never know. But uh, as far as a more realistic option, free agents go. Um, Bradley Roby, I feel like could be a target. Mm. He's worked out for a couple. Of, I think he worked out for the Niners, but they didn't sign him. But he's played primarily in the slot. He's still he's younger than the other options that are out there. He's had his injury history, but he could be a, an option if things go south in the slot these next couple of weeks. And as far as offense, I know he's old. I know he's washed at this point, but. In the slot, Jarvis Landry. Yes, he's, finally. He's, he's Somebody still out who there. joins me on the Jarvis train. I finally. Mean, I always get laughed at. <laughs> we're talking about hot routes and the Eagles not using them. But if you need 5, 10 yards, he's, he's pretty damn reliable. And as long as he stays healthy, he might only play for two games. But for those two games, he'll be a nice little outlet for Jalen Hurts in the slot. I've been pounding Jarvis Landry since July. Like, why? Why isn't nobody talking about this guy? I know his 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 knees are probably held together by glue right now, but he can he can he can do something for you. He can come in, veteran presence in the slot. If we're talking sitting here talking about Britton Covey giving you slot snaps, I think Jarvis Landry can give you a little more than that right now. Quez banged up, Zacchaeus. I don't even know what the deal is with Zacchaeus. I'm about to take his touchdown score this weekend just just because I feel like he'll pop off one of these weeks. But he's small. He's not the uh, Zach Pascal replacement. Or, or, or anything like that. Uh, I do have one name, Anthony. We'll end on this before I let you uh, uh, round it out on any other notes you may have. 
Um, I've I've once talked about uh, Patrick Queen, and then Baltimore seemed seemed like they wanted to move him. He's only, they didn't pick up his option. You probably want to get something for him before uh, you know he walks. And I know that we talk about pass coverage, you're getting beat up over the middle, and Patrick Queen doesn't really help you in, in that regard. He's a solid tackler, though, and he's a young guy with a high ceiling. I think he can come in here and 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 do something for you. Uh, any interest in Patrick Queen? I like talking about Chin and Patrick Queen because these are guys I focused on, you know, back in the draft. Like these were guys I, were, I was fawning over, and I knew oh. Patrick Queen wasn't happening because just the linebacker philosophy in Philadelphia. I was looking at Kenneth Murray back in the day. Jeremy Chin was a guy I felt like we should have took over Jalen Hurts at the, at the time in the second round. Um, does Patrick Queen give do do anything for you as far as a potential linebacker that could come in and, and help out the Eagles? Absolutely. Why not? It's just it would just come down to the cost, of course. But the one thing that concerns me is Howie Roseman's history, especially heading towards the trade deadline, has not been good in recent years. Oh, in terms yeah. of the trades, Avery's, made. you mean? Didn't work Gennard out. Avery, no? Robert Quinn. Oh man, it's just <laughs> oh, not God. criminal. Yeah, Robert Quinn got some legal yeah. stuff going on. <laughs> it's been tough. So uh, I get a little scared here in Howie Roseman trade at the trade deadline. I feel like that's the only area of the season in its entirety. Hey, Jay worked out all right, kind of. That 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 one that one was good. But but yeah, it's 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 been a tough history for him. But yeah, I mean. I couldn't say no to Patrick Green. It's just, but I also feel like Howie Roseman doesn't like sitting back and hoping that something works out. If he sees a clear weakness, he's going to try to address it somehow. So I think that's why you saw them bring in William Jackson for a workout, although he's been torched in recent years. But they might think, hey, if, if Job struggles or whatever happens in the slot, if Bradbury has to stay there, then it'll just be another option on the outside. But I mean, torch ain't the word. Burnt like burnt toast. Like yeah, this guy was dying out there, dying. <laughs> and as as far as you ask my thoughts on PFF grades, the, for the grades, I'm not oh, yeah, the yeah. biggest fan. But I love using their premium, like their premium stats, so called, where they yeah. they really break Routes down front, everybody's target. Yeah, like that. A, that stuff. <laughs> that stuff's good. But I, I really, I don't really take their grades too seriously. Yeah. Every time I see a grade, I'm like, I can't even like, I'm not even gonna like write about this or like throw this on yeah. a graphic or anything because like i don't know how to break this down i don't exactly. know what it means if somebody asked me well put this on a scale i couldn't tell you i have no idea but the stats are good as far as like routes run and, and sacks allowed and pressures allowed and all that stuff i'm I'm a, I'm a nerd for all for all that kind of stuff so yeah so patrick queen you're an eagle or i guess jeremy chin this is the first time i've heard that name so i'm bring them bring them both bring them both we'll shit. take both I'll, if jeremy chin is available my god i know <laughs> if, if there was if there was a guy that the eagles could have poached from him it should have been brian burns but they're kind of stacked on the uh on the defensive front anyway, and he costs, he costs a lot of money. Um, any other stats, notes, matchups you have of note here uh, before we put a bow on this one, Anthony? It's been a fun episode to have you up here and get your thoughts on where the Eagles are at just two games into the season. Anything else you have uh, that you, that you want to mention? The one uh, final note that I have here that we didn't really touch on was um, Tampa Bay's offensive line has some weaknesses, and in particular— That's why I didn't talk about it. <laughs> Their starting center, uh, Robert Hainsey, I think that's how you say his last name, He's allowed the second most pressures among centers in the NFL. He's oh, allowed man. seven pressures in the first two weeks. So I feel like considering the Eagles can throw Jordan Davis and then Jalen Carter and then everybody else after that, Fletcher Cox, whoever, Milton Williams, I feel like, feel like it might be a long day for him. And I know Baker Mayfield has, has done well under pressure, but this might be the game that that changes. Yeah, speaking of Fletcher Cox, that man's having a bit of a re- I don't I hate to say resurgence because it's not like he's ever been bad, but like he's looking like twenty. I said this before. He's looking like a twenty thirteen version of, of Fletcher Cox. He's I need to fresh. use this, I need to use this opportunity to apologize to Fletcher Cox. Because yeah, you hate that man. <laughs> I, I've been I, the last two seasons. I've been wanting to just leave and go somewhere else because I felt like he was kind of in the way of like Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, but that guy is playing out of his mind this year, and I 
sincerely apologize to him, his family, and all of his supporters. This man was like, I, I haven't, have we heard his name today? Have we heard his name? Where are we, where are we at? He almost went to like the Steelers, like the Jets. He was almost the gone. Bills, I think, times. too, right? The Bills, yeah, they were. If teams are clamoring for him, that means you should probably keep him. So he's definitely a good rotational piece. Milton Williams, underrated guy. He's developing yes. great. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of any guy who tests like Aaron Donald in the draft. So I know that was, that was hammered home. I'm, I'm all for that as well. Even Tui Pelotu, who, who, who has some good snaps. As well, so the defensive front certainly a uh, a focal point for the Eagles and will be when they try to get to Baker Mayfield, make him uncomfortable. Because let's not act like Baker Mayfield is like Drew Brees or something. Like he's still Baker Mayfield. He's just having. He's, a, he's got to come down to earth at some point. Right? Exactly, and this is why this not is where make it, it this week. This yeah. is where it happens. He played the. I don't even know who he played last week. Who who they play? Uh, I don't even remember who who the Bucks have played. I don't uh, but he was uh, he was you beat the Bears number one. And you beat the okay. Well, we beat the Vikings, and then you beat up on the, uh, a, a dumpster fire Chicago team whose QB is saying that coaching ain't helping me do shit. Who the GM has to make media appearances two weeks into the year, and the defensive coordinator I think just left. I think he just left. He's dealing with stuff, so he just walked out. So you beat the Bears. All right, congrats. Good for you. Even though I, like, I will say I was I'm a big Justin Fields believer. I love him, and I just I I, I took him in fantasy because I was like he's gonna blow up like Jalen Hurts, and it's not working out that way for me right now. <laughs> Yeah, that whole situation in Chicago can deserve its own show. It's been, oh, man. it's been a mess. Oh, DJ Moore was going to be saved. Nope, apparently not. Apparently not. This is, this was, is speaking of Patrick Queen. There, did you see that clip of him talking to DJ Moore? And he was like, "Hey, they're not even using you right." He's like, "Tell <laughs> me about it." I'm like, yeah, oh, I know. God. I'm well aware. My God, I hope they figured out Chicago. I love Fields. I love DJ Moore. I hope they hope they get it together over there. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode of the Philly Pod. Be sure to subscribe. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio anywhere else you get your shows leave those five star ratings and those reviews if you enjoyed the show and if you didn't do it for me anyway just you know don't say nothing bad it's all right be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the philly pod anthony where can the people find you what you got in the pipeline what you got coming up as far as content is concerned make sure you give him a follow at uh he'll tell you the handle because i forget it but go at ahead outside the birds on twitter slash x slash whatever you want to call it yeah outside d-i-b-i-r-d-s and uh, outside the birds.com also and maybe i'll be launching a podcast here soon we'll see how yeah, it goes yeah how to go the first is this something you feel like you, you could do consistently or you're just like Ugh, no, i gotta I find a co-host it. though i can't talk yeah. by myself i could not i know do it. i know it's tough we'll, we'll figure it out maybe i'll hold auditions or something we'll see auditions it, my it'll, God, it'll, yeah. it'll be like uh the eagles slot situation i'll be trying different people we'll see what oh, happens oh yeah yeah we'll see who who else is allowing 125.0 passive ratings in the, in, the, in the coverage if you're bringing those guys in for workouts my god it's a rough go. Hopefully, we'll be back next week talking about uh, 3-0 Eagles and looking for them to take down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Steven will be back next week. I'm sure we'll be sure to let him know that he has his fans. I'm sure he'll be happy to, uh, to hear that. But we'll catch you guys on next week's episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Until then, guys, peace out from the Philly Pop. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.